0: Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. My next guest is CEO of JB Sales, and author of the best-selling children's book that he wrote with his daughter in mind. I want to be in sales when I grow up. So, Please welcome to Scale Your Sales Podcast, John Barrows.
1: Hey, Janice. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Well, it's great to have you on. It's, you know, I've been trying to get you on for a while. You're a man in demand, so it's a great honor. I'd love to talk about your your book, I Want to Be in Sales When I Grow Up. Now, mm-hmm. I know that this was inspired by your daughter, so tell me more about that.
1: It was a fun project. You know, a lot of people have been asking me when I was going to write a book and. You know, I, I always felt like a little bit of a hypocrite because I'm not much of a reader. Uh, and I also kind of look at it and say, you know, what am I going to write that hasn't already been written about sales? And so back when my daughter was six years old, she started selling Girl Scout cookies. And she came to me and she said, Daddy, you know, I have this link here that you can share. I know you have a really big social following, you know, could you share this link uh, so I can sell some Girl Scout cookies? And I was like, no. No. And she's like, "Why not?" I said, "Well, because first of all, that's my audience, and and I earn that audience. And second of all, why should they buy from you compared to every other kid that's trying to sell them Girl Scout cookies?" And she goes, well, what do I need to do? I said, well, you need to put together a little pitch here about why people should buy from you. So she did a little video and then I wrote a blog post on it. Uh, Then the next year she did, uh, we were doing door-to-door selling. So we practiced objection handling, did a video on that. And then one thing led to another and and we just kind of together wrote this book. And it was a way for me to kind of connect with her because I've been traveling all over the world. And when you tell your kid you're in, you know, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're a police officer, they, they understand what those things are because they see them on TV and everything else. But when you tell your kid you're in sales, they kind of look at you sideways, like, what What does that mean? And so it was a way for me to connect with her and get out. What I wanted to do is really elevate the profession from the ground level. I mean, I do what I can today to kind of reverse engineer a lot of sales. Bad habits and and teach you know adults uh, sales techniques and and approaches to try to hopefully do it the right way, but I think if you know if we introduce it to kids as an actual profession and and not the default profession, if you will, I think there's a chance for us to really make a difference uh, in a lot of people's lives and the profession of sales itself. So it was a fun project, and the cherry on top is that all the profits go to charity. So we actually don't make any money on it; all. it all goes to her favorite charity, which she does not want to be in sales when she grows up. <laughs> she wants to be a veterinarian, so all the money goes to a uh, worldwide life fund which is cool
0: brilliant that's that's a fantastic uh, a story and ex- an experience and it's interesting she was actually already in sales but a lot of people don't realize that they are selling every time they negotiate they're selling and kids are the best sales people aren't they to get their By parents far. to buy them things pester power all of that they are sales people naturally
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're some of the best sales professionals out there. So they just (laughs) don't know it yet. But to your point, like everybody's in sales. It's just, it's not. You know, I think a lot of people have such a negative perception of sales. But if you really do think of it, everything around us, and that's part of the book too. Everything around us had to be sold in some way, shape, or form. I mean, one of the examples in the book is, you know, she's like, "Well, Daddy, what is even what is sales?" And I'm holding a butter dish, and I was like, "Well, here's an example." You know, somebody had to sell somebody the materials to be able to make this butter dish. And then whoever made this butter dish had to sell it to the store so that the store could have it on the shelves so that that store could then sell it to us so that we're sitting here with butter in a butter dish and not butter melting all over our hands. So literally, if you think about it, everything around us had to be sold at some point. And all of us are in sales, whether you're <clears throat> I don't care if you're the most introverted or introverted engineer on the planet. Ask the most introverted engineer you've ever come across about something they've built or something they've solved or a problem they've they've solved and watch them light up like a Christmas tree and explain it to you. And I've always thought, and somebody told me this early in my career, uh, that sales is the transfer of enthusiasm. So, if you believe in what you're set quote unquote selling, then it's really just a transfer of that enthusiasm. So think about interviews. When you're interviewing for a job, you're you're selling yourself. So you're passionate about that. Um you know, when you're when you're selling your ideas internally at a business, you need to get them to the right people and 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 have them resonate the right way. So that's selling your idea. So if your profession is sales, that that's one thing, but we're all in sales if we look at it the right way
0: and it's interesting when you reframe really what sales is and it's just every day Mm
1: -hmm. and it's
0: fascinating that you can go through your entire school life and never once is the word sales mentioned never once and it's kind of criminal because it is the glue between everything we do in our lives and is there an ambition for this book to be part of the curriculum, or, or you know, to really go into schools to help teachers to explain the world around us?
1: I didn't have that many aspirations for this book. You know, I, th- I think it was more of a passion project for my, for with my daughter, uh, with the hope that it'll it'll take off. You know, in in other areas and help other people understand what the profession is. I think the the you know the next one that I'm thinking about is kind of that next stage of kids in high school, you know, um, where I think right now, college, the ROI on, on university, like undergraduate university right now, at least here in the States, is, is not very high, unless you know exactly what you want to do. Like if you know you want to be a doctor, if you know you want to be a lawyer, then great, go into go whatever, pick that school, go into whatever debt you need to go into to get that job because you know you want to do it. But for the 90% of, of kids who go into school at 18 years old and are being asked, what do you want to be when you grow up and have to determine? In that, at the ripe old age of 18, I think that's insulting to to have to make that type of a decision that then locks you into it again here in this two, three, four hundred thousand dollars worth of debt to get a forty, fifty thousand dollar a year job that you're going to pay back for the rest of your life and probably not do what you really actually want to do. And so, the next book that I'm starting to write is basically like. I think I want to be in sales when I grow up. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I want to be in sales when I grow up. And then I, I don't, I, or is sales for me, something like that, which is for that high school student who's just sitting there saying, I don't know and looking at sales as an option to say, Hey, you know what, maybe I can go out there with with no barrier to entry. I mean, sales is a job you can get anywhere, you don't need a degree in this. And if you go find something you're passionate about, then you go figure out how to sell it and how to interact in the work environment and make some money. And after a while, after you make a few dollars and figure out what you like and what you don't like, then you could go to school. Yeah, when you determine like, this is what I want to do. Or for that kid who's kind of halfway through college and saying, I, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't know, like, but if I change my major now. My mom's going to be pissed at me, and that type of thing. Well, hey, look at sales as a as, a, as an option here for you uh, of being a, almost like a means to an end in some cases. And so that's that's the one I'm hoping to put next. Which hopefully we'll get into other curriculums and you know high school curriculums and such like that. But you know, my my aspirations are are, are not huge. They're they're just to try to make as much of a difference as I can to the people that pay attention.
0: I think it's um, a really interesting point because sales impacts every aspect of business. You can't mm-hmm. do sales without knowing about, you know, what the FD is is doing, marketing, operations, you know, whatever, even, the, you know, the, the kind of more technical aspects, depending on what the product and service is. Mm-hmm. So it's a great education, isn't it? Absolutely. So actually deciding what area you really do want to work in. And the thing is, what I Um, often say to young people, if you, if you get sales experience, you will always use those skills, they're Mm -hmm. never lost. You'll always use, even if you become a technical engineer, you'll always use those skills in everything you do. So it almost needs to be like a national service, you know, (laughs) where everyone has to go through this is real life experience that happens Mm -hmm. to be called sales experience. And you happen to be understanding, learning what businesses and and Mm -hmm. economics and how to balance the books and, you know, customers and why they're so important. You could just do that bit of your your education and you would do really well.
1: I think so. I I mean, I think that, you know, I, I personally think that every kid coming out of university should get a set of, you know, whatever, steak knives, whatever it is that they have to sell to not friends and family, but they have to sell before they can actually get a job because, just the act of approaching people you don't know and trying to earn the right to 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 talk to them and and have a conversation with them and understand what their needs are and just that compact component of learning that skill itself of, of you know how to deal with rejection, get somebody, like I said, to pay attention for more than five seconds and not run away from you. Like those skills are so invaluable and they're so much better than how to you know balance a spreadsheet. And don't get me wrong, it's important to learn how to balance a spreadsheet. But the human, I think there's so much right now that's happening in technology that is taking so much of the technical stuff away from us as, as people which is making the interpersonal skills and the soft skills our competitive advantage now right i mean technology has pretty much taken over the majority of what the average sales rep can do right now you know sending out templated emails sending out all these different things and and in business too i mean artificial intelligence is taking over so many jobs and that's why i go back to sales being just one of the i think the better careers to go towards because Say you go into school and you decided a while back that you wanted to be in coding, right? You wanted to be a coder, so you got into it and you learned about being a coder. And then all of a sudden, artificial intelligence decides to look at your industry and say, hmm, I think we can do this better. And all of a sudden... There's no need for coders anymore, or if there is, they're the cream of the crop coders, right? You don't need the basic ones anymore. So now, if you went to school for four years to go into debt to be a coder, and all of a sudden artificial intelligence comes and wipes that away from you, what do you have to do now? You have to go find another. You have to go re-educate yourself on something. You have to go learn something new. Whereas if you're in sales, and artificial comes and disrupts your industry. You can take those skills and go sell something else. You can go into a different industry. So it's the most flexible uh, profession there is. It's it's the most financially independent one there is, and it's the one that is, in my experience, the most equal from a playing field standpoint. So for diversity, inclusion, all this different, all these different things there's no limit. It's the harder you work, the more you get paid. And so the the gender gap and all that different stuff is taken care of by purely a commission structure that says, go get it. And it doesn't matter what color, what race, what, you know, it doesn't matter what that is. It's, it's, it's an equal opportunity profession. And so I think that's why it's such an important one for people to at least pay attention to and, and look as an option um, if they're not exactly passionate or love what they do right now.
0: Okay, there's quite a few things I've thought about. A thousand and one questions, John. Okay, but the first one is the equal opportunity. Mm-hmm why is it then that the sales industry has such an imbalance in diversity of the people that are not only and especially at the senior leadership level but you know generally as sales leader why is if it's equal opportunity there must be all of these barriers to diverse people coming into the industry
1: People aren't attracted to the profession for because of the perception, and rightfully so. Sales historically has been perceived as a kind of sports bro culture, like, let's go get it, you know, let's do a whole bunch of cocaine and, you know, go to the strip clubs and, you know, and go from there. And that is not appealing to anybody other than that profile. Um, and the movies do us no favors with that. You know what I mean? You know, just continuously perpetuating that, that stereotype. But the best organizations I've ever come across, the most successful sales organizations I've come across are the diverse ones. And so I think, you know, depending on the industry, I, I mean, here in Sa- in this SaaS tech space that I play most in, there's definitely a problem um, of, of diversity. I think it, they're trying to address it in so many ways, but we're working off of so many old school, mentalities and approaches that are hard to break and uh, you know let's let's look at it from a generational standpoint I'm, I'm i'm 46 years old when i grew up in sales it was a numbers game it was hit the list it was go get it you know that type of thing and it wasn't necessarily as much about the customer. It wasn't about, you know, the really the profession itself. It was about making money, you know, back in the eighties, it was, you know, it was like pick wall street and that's, you know, you got those stockbrokers just trying to stuff stuff down people's throats. That's not appealing to somebody who has a soul. You know what I mean? That's not appealing to somebody who, who cares. Um, But I think now, especially with COVID, you know, my hope is that a lot of companies and people have taken a step back to realize what's really important to them. And what I'm seeing right now is the companies that are thriving and and really creating diverse organizations and succeeding, even despite the economic downturn and everything like that, are the ones who realize that, that diversity matters and they create, you know, and and values matter. And those are the ones. So I think we're, we're, we're slowly moving in the right direction, but just like societal wise, you know what I mean? We got a long way to go in general. People of color, women, I mean... I've been speaking on this for a while and I did a talk about three years ago, uh, a webinar called We Need to Talk and it was about the bro culture and sales. And, you know, I followed up with the people who I had had that webinar with, uh, the the three women who, who joined me, and I asked them, you know, how, how much better have we gotten? Have we made any improvements out there? And they're like, well, you know, we made a little, little improvements. We haven't made the leaps. And I think if you macro that out into society, you see the same thing. So I think incremental improvements, companies who are putting people in front of profits, those are the ones that are going to make the difference and attract the right people to continue to excel. But well, unfortunately, we still have a long way to go.
0: So, John, let me ask you, if your daughter, you know, she's she's 18, if she was joining the industry, mm-hmm. what advice would you give her, if any, about okay. being a woman in sales? What would you say she needs to watch out for and, and do, if anything?
1: I don't necessarily, you know, look, I think any sales rep, man, woman, they, it doesn't matter. I think the first and foremost advice that I always always give is is, first of all, understand what your core values are. Too few people, uh, you know, I, me, I've always had some core values, but never really wrote them down up until relatively recently. And I think the core value exercise is an extremely important exercise to go through for each one of us, because it centers us on what's really important to us. And then what happens is you can start to look for companies that represent those core values for you. Too too often sales reps just get a job because they need a job and they're going to go find a company that they can get, you know, whatever it is, what it is. I'm getting my commission check and I can make my $150,000 a year. So whatever, it doesn't matter what I'm selling. And that's, that, that's unfortunately a bad mentality to have, because if you're there just to make a paycheck, you're going to be marginally successful at best. You got to believe in what you do to be successful, in my opinion, like genuinely successful. And I, I know everybody has their definition of success, but to me, it's not success unless I, I feel good about what I'm doing, right? Um, and so first and foremost, it's the core value exercise, then to look for companies that match those core values and then to look for products that you feel confident that you could represent. And an easy way to do this is just look at, look at the things that you use in your day-to-day life. Like what are the tools, technologies, whatever it is that you use that you are passionate about, that you love? Because if you are and you already use it, well then when you go and and work for that company or sell for that company, you have stories to tell, you have personal experiences, you're not pitching anything. So I think that would be the kind of the stepping stone and then look for leadership to to make sure that that leadership aligns with those values and, and plays by those values. And so that to me would solve almost all the gender issues, all the, all those different challenges. And then, you know, as a woman in sales, you know, just realize that you're gonna have to probably work twice as hard. I mean, it's the facts. And so don't use that as an excuse. Use that as a motivator. Try to always be respectful of authority. But uh, my challenge has always been I don't really have much of a filter. So probably for my daughter, I need to tell her to have a little bit more of a filter than I did early in my career. But you know, prove it, you know what I mean? Prove people wrong, prove people Don't prove them right, I'll tell you that. Don't prove them right, because the more you complain, the more you'll prove them right as far as what their perception of you is. But always come with data, always do what you're being asked to do, and if you don't think it's the right thing to do, then do something else and compare it to. And so you can bring back to the data to your boss and say, hey boss, I did it your way and this was the results. I did it my way and this was the results. And if my way is better, then we should have a conversation about this. So I think starting from that point, you're in, you'll are you be in a good position to, to find the companies that you can fit and, and grow with.
0: I get that. So you do say that sale better exists with you. Explain mm-hmm. that to me.
1: You can't wait for your organization to invest in you from a learning standpoint. I, I, I come across so many sales reps who complain that, you know their company hasn't invested in training, or they don't have the right tools, or they don't—you don't you know, have the right tech stack to be able to do what they're doing. Like to me, that is just a, a loser mentality, blaming somebody else for not getting trained. The amount of content that is out there right now for free is bananas. It's a Google search away. It's a TikTok search away. You know what I mean? On anything, objection handling, sales process, cold calling, you name it. I think investing in yourself is the most important piece to to say. And then those tools and technologies, I didn't have any of these tools and technologies either. You know what I mean? Like 26 years ago when I was in sales, I had a phone book and a phone. And that was an email wasn't even all that popular back in the year 2000 when I first started, or 99 when I first started. So I think those are the loser sales reps who are who are looking for ways to just kind of get by. But if you really want to excel, you have to take your career into your own hands. And not only you have to learn the techniques, but you also have to really be focused on business acumen. And, and understanding what business is and, and how to speak that language. Because uh, unfortunately, I think that, you know, the, the fastest way to improve your sales success is to buy, be able to talk the language of business. And so reading business books, you know, listening to podcasts of business owners and stuff like that in and, and different industries and such so that you can have intelligent, thoughtful, interesting conversations and not just go through your band qualification and run your crappy demo with, you know, whatever it is. So I think that taking your own, education into your hands is is critical.
0: I'm smiling. I'm thinking, would you say you're a cynical person or a realist?
1: I'm a realist. I'm more pragmatic. You know what I mean? Like I try to be optimistic, but I am a realist when it comes to where we are right now. I mean, uh, there's all these, you know, people talk a lot about all this stuff and I'm like, all right, can we kind of bring that back down to reality? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like people who say money isn't, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. Well, the nine times out of 10, when I hear that it's somebody who's super rich and has finally realized that money doesn't buy happiness. It's like, well, yeah, go tell that to the single mom who's scraping by every single week. Can we bring this down to reality here? Yeah. Money doesn't buy happiness. Okay. But it sure as hell, gets rid of a lot of unhappiness, you know, and and the same thing. It's like people, when they do role plays, you know, they paint this beautiful picture of what a role play should be when you say the perfect thing and all of a sudden money comes from the heavens. And it's like, would you just stop it? That'll never happen in real life. So I'm definitely more of a realist of, the day to day what happens. And this is why I'm not I don't consider myself a sales trainer. I'm a sales rep who happens to train. I'm out there every day selling myself, because I just don't fundamentally believe that you can really educate people well in today's world if you're not still doing it. So many sales trainers get into sales training because you know, they're really good at presenting. um, Or they're really good at telling people what to do, but not actually doing it. And these days, if you're not doing it and you're not staying up to date on what's happening right now, it's, you know, it's it's hard for me to take you seriously. So, yeah, not a cynic, um, but uh, pragmatic and, and you know, optimistic as much as I can be, but realistic where, you know, I know we are.
0: Talking about uh, sales reps, you mm-hmm. say that, do you think there's too much of a sales stack involved in the sales process now that such that you say that, you know, reps are turning into robots
1: one hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's they're, they're, and it's not necessarily their fault. It's the company's fault for investing in all these tools. A two week onboarding process that not only teaches them all product knowledge, but then tells them the 50 di- different technologies they have to use to you know make a phone call or or to track something. And so I think the stats are something absurd that you know 37% of sellers' time is spent on admin tasks, or it's, it's even more than that. I forget what the number is, but it's some ridiculous amount. And it's to make sure that things are tracked and whatever, but then you try to over-automate it, and then you don't know if you're tracking the right things. So I think technology should enable, but it should start. So for instance, I would start a, you know, a new hire off with understanding, you know, talking the first month, I would have nothing to do with my product or selling or anything, it would be talking to customers, it would be talking to employees, it would be getting that background and a a belief in what they're about to go sell. And then I would say, here's a here's a list of names. Let's start making some phone calls. Forget about tracking anything. Forget about doing anything. Here's the general, you know, who we go after, what our value proposition is, and what the general process looks like. And I want you to manually do it. You know what I mean? I want you to track that email and send this and make that call and write that note down and whatever it is cool, now that you have that, okay, now let's figure out what technology we can implement here that'll take a certain portion of that. And now let's, you know, so it's a stepping stone of technology as opposed to here it all is, good luck. Um, Because then what the reps do is they focus more on the technology and the process than they do the customer.
0: I'm completely aligned with you. Often when you strip out the technology and unburden salespeople, they can really focus on, really the customer outcome and then Mm -hmm. working back from there start with the the end in in mind so i do love that so if you're on a desert island john what Mm -hmm. would be the one thing you took with you
1: a boat (laughs) no i mean are you wanting
0: to get off
1: Yeah, hell yeah! I don't want to. I don't like being stuck anywhere. Um, I I don't know. I'd probably bring my my iPhone mainly because I would have the the music Uh, I would need if I was on a desert island by myself. I would want access to music in some way, shape, or form so I could uh, uh, enjoy the desert island and put myself in the right mindsets of different things. So it's probably what I choose is music.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, how can listeners get hold of you?
1: I appreciate that. I, you know, there's plenty of different ways. If you want free consulting and free tips and stuff like that, you can hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I answer all my Instagram messages. It's the handles John, J-O-H-N-M is Michael Barrows, B-A-R-R-O-W-S. But also we just launched our, uh, we rebranded our company. It's, it's now Sell Better uh, by Jay Barrows. Uh, or JV sales. And um, our YouTube channel is got tons of free content on it. So if you go to YouTube, uh, sell, I think it's sellbetter.xyz. So YouTube forward slash sellbetterxyz. That's a place where you can get tons of content. And obviously hit me up on LinkedIn. I will say this sounds a little bit of a humble brag. It's not, it's more annoying, but I've reached the 30,000 limit on connections for LinkedIn. I have about 400,000 uh, people follow me, but 30,000 connections. So I can't accept any more LinkedIn invitations, unfortunately. But you can follow me there where I put a ton of content out there as well. But those are the areas that probably be the most uh, valuable for people who are, who might be listening to this.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, John. I'm so glad to have you on. Thank you for being a guest on Scale Your Sales podcast, John Barrows.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Janice. I appreciate it.
0: for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.